Welcome to the Retirement Guide Podcast. I'm your host, George Jameson, owner of Capital Wealth Group, a flat fee-only advisory firm. Whether you're nearing retirement or already retired, join me each week as we explore the world of retirement planning and equip you with the knowledge and tools you need for a successful retirement. So let's get started. Today, we're changing it up a little bit and talking about a hot topic, Bitcoin and Bitcoin ETFs. I'm not here to say whether you should buy Bitcoin or not. I am just giving you some valuable information about what's going on. The arrival of Bitcoin exchange traded funds, also called ETFs, has reignited the debate about investing in the world's premier cryptocurrency. Newly approved by federal regulators, Bitcoin ETFs now allow investors to buy Bitcoin funds that track the price movement of Bitcoin. It's an easier way for the average investor to buy into Bitcoin. Fidelity, BlackRock, and a host of other top investment firms have already begun to offer these products. Bitcoin ETFs may promise major potential gains, but also notable downsides, presenting investors with a wide range of outcomes. But before you jump on the bandwagon, let's dive into the risks potential rewards, and the critical question, should you actually invest in Bitcoin? And if so, how much? The allure of the digital gold rush. Bitcoin boasts a history of explosive returns, attracting investors seeking sky-high profits. Its limited supply, capped at 21 million coins, fuels scarcity and drives its price, potentially offering a hedge against inflation. Additionally, Bitcoin ETFs now bring a layer of accessibility and familiarity to traditional investors weary of venturing directly into the crypto world. But the gold rush could actually be fool's gold. The Bitcoin roller coaster also features breathtaking plunges. Remember the 2022 crash that saw Bitcoin tumble over 70% from its peak. This volatility makes it a high-risk, speculative asset, unsuitable for the faint of heart. Moreover, regulations, security threats, environmental concerns, and actual practical uses remain clouds over Bitcoin. So if you decide you want to dip your toes into Bitcoin or Bitcoin ETFs, how much should you consider? Financial experts generally recommend a conservative approach when it comes to Bitcoin. They recommend allocating a small percentage, 1% to 5% of your diversified portfolio to Bitcoin, treating it as a high-risk long-term investment. We do not recommend trying to trade Bitcoin, just like we do not recommend trying to trade stocks. Never invest what you can't afford to lose, and prioritize building a solid foundation with traditional assets, such as stocks and bonds. So beyond the binary, the Bitcoin ETF arrival doesn't necessarily make it a safe bet. Thorough research and risk assessment are crucial before dipping your toes into this volatile market. Consider your financial goals, risk tolerance, and investment horizon before considering Bitcoin. Remember, diversification remains key for a balanced and resilient portfolio. And never put all your eggs in one basket. 
And here are some additional points to ponder. Even though regulators just approved several new Bitcoin ETFs, emerging regulations could appear. Government crackdowns could hamper Bitcoin's growth. Competition. Newer, faster, and potentially more efficient cryptocurrencies could steal Bitcoin's thunder. And then technological advancements. Quantum computing might pose a threat to Bitcoin security. However, if you're still serious about investing in Bitcoin for the long term and can't afford and are prepared to lose it all, should you buy Bitcoin ETFs or should you buy actual Bitcoin? And please remember, I'm not suggesting or recommending Bitcoin ETFs or actual Bitcoin. But if you do decide to do your research about the pros and cons of ETFs versus actual Bitcoin, here's some information for you. If you opt for the actual Bitcoin, if you're deciding to put a substantial amount into Bitcoin or Bitcoin ETFs, you may want to consider Bitcoin itself. And if you do, you would want to transfer it to a hardware wallet, a practice known as self-custody. While this may demand a bit more effort, it's your money and the added security might be worthwhile. Now, why would you opt for a hardware wallet? A hardware wallet isn't directly connected to the internet. Instead, you would plug it in to a USB port on your computer only when you needed to access the coins. It's referred to as a cold wallet or cold storage. This type of wallet is suitable for storing Bitcoin for the long term, serving as a custodian for your private keys. A hardware wallet doesn't store your Bitcoin. Rather, it stores and safeguards your private keys. These keys are very lengthy and complex, making them impractical for most people to memorize and are prone to errors. Therefore, a hardware wallet provides a much more secure solution for managing your private keys. Your ownership of Bitcoin is essentially an entry on the open global ledger known as the Bitcoin blockchain. The way you truly own Bitcoin is by controlling the private keys associated with it. Sharing your private keys or recovery seed poses a big risk. If someone got a hold of them, they can take control of your Bitcoin and transfer it to an address they control. So it's crucial to hold your own private keys if you decide to buy Bitcoin itself. If you decide to buy the Bitcoin ETFs, it also comes with some risk. Let's look at an example of actually buying and transferring Bitcoin. If you decide to purchase Bitcoin on a very popular exchange called Coinbase and leave it there, Coinbase will control and store your private keys for you. However, you will have to rely on them to grant you access to your Bitcoin when needed. And this can pose a lot of security risk. So the distinction between a bank and money and a broker and brokerage and stocks lies in the fact that Bitcoin doesn't offer the same recovery options if it's hacked. With stocks, they're registered in your name, like those with Schwab. Even if the platform disappears, your stocks remain registered in your name, in most cases, ensuring eventual retrieval. In cash, usually up to 250000 
is insured by the FDIC or SIPC. While the value of the money might fluctuate due to government printing, there's a high likelihood you'll recover it. However, if Bitcoin is hacked or stolen through an exchange, it's very difficult and may be impossible to get your coins back. As Bitcoin integrates into mainstream financial institutions, regulations may evolve, leading to large, highly regulated businesses serving as custodial institutions. Individuals can opt for these services, but expect higher fees. Paying fees merely to hold a store of value can become expensive. Despite the anti-government arguments, Bitcoin fundamentally differs from stocks and bonds and other investments, as outlined above, making them incomparable. In addition, critics say Bitcoin doesn't work as a currency, citing concerns like volatility, energy usage, and use in illegal activity. On the other hand, supporters argue that it's too early to make some of these claims and that innovation is already fixing many of these concerns. Investors should review the argument from both sides and understand the risk specific to cryptocurrencies before considering Bitcoin as an investment. And again, you should also only risk what you can afford to lose when investing or speculating in high-risk investments such as Bitcoin. That wraps up today's episode. Hope everyone has a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Retirement Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review to help others discover the show. For questions, ideas, or discuss your retirement plan, reach out to me, George Jameson, at Capital Wealth Group. Visit our website at capitalwealthplan.com to learn more. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more insightful retirement planning in future episodes. And now for the disclaimer. The information discussed in this podcast is for general explanations and education only. It is not tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on any information heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you and have a great day.